0: There is not many people who have known me my entire life. One of the very few is a friend of mine by the name of Adam Marlin. My birth occurred when Adam was three years old, one of his earliest memories. And we share a unique distinction as kids who grew up in Lemonster, Massachusetts, and became from. After 46 years of our connection, it was no surprise that Adam traveled all the way from Muncie, New York to our daughter's wedding in Baltimore. And standing there under my daughter's chuppah was one of those moments where everything that I had chosen and he chose as young men seemed to be coming to fruition. As the chuppah concluded, the chassin broke the glass and the music started to play really loud. And in that moment, Adam ran from his seat to the chuppah. And as if waking me up from a dream, he looks at me in the eye and starts screaming the words, this is what it's all about. Well, if anyone knows me well enough to share that message, I think it's Adam. On one level, it was a moment of absolute clarity for me. I felt so sure about who I was and the decisions that I made. But what made that moment was not just my personal simchut, was the fact that something something was happening for the Jewish people through me. And there's nothing that drew me to the Jewish people more than the sense that I'm part of something eternal and inexplicable, and here that magic of the Jewish people is happening through my family. In today's podcast, I'd like for us to consider that magic of the Jewish people and what it means for us in our paths as we look past the high holidays and we start a new year of 5782. There are many miracles our ancestors experienced during the Exodus and the conquest of the land of Israel, as well as in the days of the Ba'es in the first temple. Yom Kippur II was a day when our ancestors experienced miracles as the Kohen Gadol emerged at the end of the day from the Kodesh Hakodashim, from the Holy of Holies. In our times, though, it can feel hard to find miracles. But one miracle we experience is the eternal life of the Jewish people. It's a miracle, I feel, every day as a Jew who grew up in a small town in central Massachusetts where, frankly, there was very little Jewish future. The life of our people is miraculous. We're a tiny group, a fraction of a percent of the world population, less than a margin of error in a Chinese census. And yet, our bedrock of morals and ethics has so moved the needle for human purpose. There's no Hittites, Jebusites, or Canaanites hanging around New York, Tel Aviv, or Los Angeles, but there's Jews in all of those places. I just look at my own community here in Portland, Oregon, far flung though it seems, and yet in many regards, Torah is thriving here. Egypt and Bubbles' sons have set, along with every other ancient empire, and yet the Jewish people today are an international Mamlechet Kohanim, kingdom of priests. Our beginnings were miraculous. When Hashem told the childless Avram that his reward would be very great, Avram responded that God had not given him any seed, and his servant would likely inherit him. And then the word of Hashem came to Avram saying, Lo hu This one will not inherit you, meaning your servant. Only him that will come from within you will inherit you. And the verse continues God took him outside and said, gaze to the heavens, count the stars if you're able to count them. lo and he said to him, Ko Zaraka, so shall be your seed. Our rabbis read deeply into this phrase, V'yotzei oso hachutzeh, He took him outside. Did God really need to take Avram outside, out of the tent, to show him a prophetic vision? The Midrash comments, God took Avram to a place outside, above the stars. Hashem took Avram outside his natural view of the world. You think you won't have children? Think again. Look at the stars and see if you can count them. So shall be your seed. But will the Jewish people really be so numerous as the stars? In Sefer Devarim, as the Jews are preparing to take the land of Israel, God tells the Jewish people that He does not love them for being a large nation. Not because you are more numerous than all the peoples did God desire you and choose you. For you are in fact the fewest of all peoples. And so, if Sefer Devarim indicates that the Jewish people are small, which is it? Are we the smallest of peoples, or are we numerous like the stars? A careful reading of the verses in Genesis shows another layer to the verse. Gaze at the stars and count them if you're able to. Koyazaraka, so shall be your seed. Look at the stars and see if you can put a number to them. Are you able to put a number to them? Probably not. Just as the stars defy quantification by human observers, so too your seed will defy numbers, living a national existence that cannot be quantified or described in normal terms. And if, the, and if the stars indicate a natural order by which the world operates, the Jewish people are above that. As the Gemara in Shabbos teaches, Ein mazali Yisrael, the celestial signs, hold no sway over the Jewish people. The Gemara illustrates this with a story about Rebbe Akiva. Rebbe Akiva had a daughter, but the astrologers informed Rebbe Akiva that she was destined to die on her wedding day. Rabbi Akiva was distressed by this matter. As it happened, on the day of her wedding, Rabbi Akiva's daughter took her brooch and stuck the pin in the wall, inadvertently lodging the needle into the eye of a poisonous snake behind her. She didn't realize what happened, but later the dead snake was dragging behind her from the pin. Upon seeing this, Rabbi Akiva asked her what merit did she have, and his daughter responded that during the banquet, a pauper came to the doorway but everyone was too preoccupied to hear him. I stood up, she said, and took the portion of food that had been given to me, and I gave it to him. Rabbi Kiva looked at her. Mitzvah ka'avdas. You have done a mitzvah, he remarked. Then Rabbi Kiva went and expounded, Tzedakah tatzil charity saves from death. Here was Rebbe Kiva's daughter on the day of her wedding, beginning her Jewish home. If she was in danger for some natural reason, through her mitzvah she transcended. Ain Mazel Yisrael. The celestial signs hold no sway over the Jewish people. There might be a natural order, but through mitzvot we cling to God and rise above nature. In the moment that she started her home, Rebbe Kiva's daughter defied nature. The very person, the bride, who was herself supposed to be the center of attention, turned out to be the lone person who heard the cry of the pauper. She truly transcended nature in this moment. And so the essence of the Jewish people lies in this verse. Go above the stars and gaze upon them, if you're able to count them, so shall be your seed. As we begin a new Jewish year in the calendar, we look forward to another year of life. Tomorrow, on Shemini Yetzirah, we're going to pray for life-giving rain. In what merit do we stand before the Almighty and ask for life? The answer is that we come to this time as part of a greater people that defy all numbers in nature. On Yom Kippur at Kol Nidre, we invited the Avaryanim, the sinners, to our kahal, to the community, for the service. We did this because Yom Kippur was a time that we come as an entire community, just like the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, entered into the Holy of Holies on behalf of the entire people, so too we gather as an entire Kehillah. In this sense, Yom Kippur set the tone for the Chagim that followed, and really every week going forward that we'll gather in Shul like the rest of you, in my own journey, I have moments of doubt and moments of clarity. Coming together in Minyan with the greater Jewish community amidst our fellow Jews is a time that we remember what it's all about. Now we can daven, put on tefillin, say shaman, solitude, but going it alone, frankly, is un-Jewish. Even in the days of a pandemic, we need to actualize ourselves and come together as a people. And the way that we do that is by getting together as a kahal before Hashem. There is an individual in our community who's very cautious, and appropriately so, about the virus. He recently told me that coming to Shul this year in Rosh Hashanah reminded him how much his soul needs this. He's right. His soul needs this. And by this I mean that we come together together as a Jewish people in serving Hashem, because we are part of the Jewish people. I think about how much people go through to make public tefillah, public davening happen. We accept discomforts to be am, to be in the multitude, showing up in public and even masking for hours so that we can pray together. We even make spiritual sacrifices to be together. In halacha, we apply various leniencies for davening times to make a minion for the maximum number of people to attend. But why? Why not daven a solitary sunrise shakrit every morning in the woods by ourselves? And the answer is that no individual Jew can achieve the merit of the community. So as we look past the high holidays towards the fall months, think about your connection to the Jewish people. Every one of us has sacrificed in some way to be where we are today. Be proud of that sacrifice because you are an integral part of us. Consider how you can deepen your connection to the Jewish people this year. When you show up to a minion, remember you're needed. Your presence matters. And remember to ask yourself, what's your next step of growing into a deeper connection with the Jewish people? Thanks for being with us today. I'm Ken Brodkin, and this is the Torah Journey Podcast.